Blog Talk Radio. Funny, funny, funny. 
And I just figured out she was looking for a human being. She was calling somebody that's like two doors over, and they always talk. And for a long time, because I mean, it would be at night, 10 o'clock, 10.30, the fuck. And so anyway. How did she pick up the fucking phone? Like, what the hell is wrong with her? That's crazy. Well, you know what, Red won't give her the number because look at how she's calling Red at night. <laughs> <laughs> so then so then she just bothers all the rest of you. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. And I, well, I mean, I was giving her a pass, but I thought she was looking for a damn cat. So you, you don't want nobody feeling bad because they can't find their pet, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I'm just laughing. It took me three years to figure it out. Ain't that something? Anyway, <laughs> all right, so what was I talking about? Yeah, we're here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. There's been a lot happening in the news the past couple of weeks, but we'll talk about foolishness in a minute. We're going to talk about some good stuff first. Okay. This past Friday was National HIV Testing Day. Yay! And we were encouraging everybody to go out and get tested know your status, you know, that's something that I've been advocating for years. I believe in it. I believe in getting tested once or even twice a year um, because I just think it's it's something that you should know. And especially if you're active out here, um, it's just something that you need to know. And and that's just my opinion. Other people, um, we've had people in the past, I mean, I've had people in my life, and even when we were out there, you know, trying to convince people to come and get tested, you know, and, you know, I spoke to Jen Taylor, and she had some of the same experiences with some people that were just, like, outright no, and there were some people who would say, I don't know and I don't want to know. Now, Hmm. I found that very interesting. Hmm? Yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, some people that just don't want to know their status. And, you know, well, we already know how I feel about these things. I'm like, if you ain't coming with no paperwork, keep it moving. (laughs) Yes. So all that good, fun stuff. So, you know, we had a really good time. I know Kivu and um, Liz, they taught some classes in Los Angeles. So they were able to get out there. They taught some classes. And, you know, I was downtown Chicago at the Thompson Center. And for those of you that know me, you know that was a big sacrifice because anyone who knows me knows that I hate, absolutely detest going downtown Chicago. I mean, she one block. She talks about it all the time. Block, I hate downtown. Oh, absolutely. I can't stand it. And it's just, I mean, but I sacrificed for you. So I went down <laughs> and we had a really good time. You know, they had bands there. You know, they had some different booths. Um, and it was really good. It was really good. I was only there for a couple of hours, and, you know, I sat down a couple of times, but I was there for a couple of hours, and then I came on back because, you know, I can't be out there in all of that sun, not for long, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm already feeling the effects of it because I'll tell Raina what happened later. But, yeah, you know, so, you know, I have to be very careful with stuff like that. But it was a good cause, and, you know, you don't have to just wait until, you know, National HIV Testing Day and to get tested. You know, a lot of these um, organizations and foundations, they do testing all year round. I mean, even Walgreens was a part of this day. You know, there were selected Walgreens around the country 
where you could have gone and got tested for free. And, you know, there are two different tests out there. They do the mouth swab and they also do the finger prick. And the finger prick is more accurate from, you know, my understanding. You know, sometimes with the uh, mouth swabs, there have been a couple of complications. But, um, yes, it takes 10, 20 minutes to get your results back. And then you know. You know. And, you know, that should make you feel good. But, yeah, they're testing all year round. You can get free anonymous testing if you want it to be anonymous. They can do that, too. And, you know, I just encourage you to understand your health, understand what's going on with your body, not only with the HIV um, issue there, but I'm just talking about get a yearly, you know, physical checkup. You know, that helps out a lot, you know, so you can know what's going on with your body, know, you know, where your blood pressure stands, if you're having cholesterol issues or if you have, you know, diabetes, also known as the sugar. And, you know, all of these things, it's just it's important. And now that we have the Affordable Care Act, you know, you can go and get a cheap policy for, like, 60 bucks a month. You know, now the copay is high. I'll tell you that amount. But, you know, they have policies out there, and there are places where you, they have free clinics. You know, I've posted that before, but I'll post it again today. I have to find it in my notes but I'll post where you can find free clinics all over the country. Just put in your zip code, and it'll show you. But, yeah, we want you all to be healthy. We want you to go get checked out. And, again, you know, I know we have some believers that listen to the show. And so, you know, I try to take all that into consideration when, you know, I give this information out and when I speak. And, you know, for the believers that are out there, you know, you, you need to go and know your health status as well. Um, and non-believers, you all also know, just go and get checked out and see what's going on with your body. You know when something is wrong. And that's why they have doctors out there to help you with those things. For the believers, if you want to pray and go to the doctor, that's fine. If that's what you got to do. But, you know, the, the main thing is the action, the verb. Go to the doctor and see what's happening with you out there. So, you know, I just hope that we're able to bring this information to you and that we can encourage you to go out and get the information and get what you need out here. Um, had an interesting, let me tell Raina, I think I told Raina about this the other day. Um, we had a drive-by trolling on one of our YouTube videos, and basically he said, People who are beyond faith, it was on one of our people of color beyond faith, which we're having a webcast later on today. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, he was saying people that are beyond faith are intelligent and educated enough to go get tested. And he recommended that I go where the black people were, which are church and jail. Right. And you all wonder why sometimes I get to pontificating about the racism and the misogyny and the homophobia in the secular community. I mean, we get comments like that all the time. You know, some of the comments, you know, that I get on my, on, on a website that we have or one of the groups, and it's just, it's horrible. You know, sometimes, I mean, that's why I have it set up that, you know, I have to approve the messages. Because, you know, we, you wouldn't believe some of the things that are happening. 
And then with some of these people, it's being encouraged by the leadership. You know, we'll talk about that. That's in the foolishness section. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, we get these comments and, you know, we, we laugh about it, but it also concerns us because oh, not enough is being done to address a lot of these issues. And in some cases, I feel that it's encouraged. Your silence is tacit agreement. I'm sorry, right. it just is. And so, you know, we have all of that going on. But tonight, we do have a webcast. The webcast is coming on a little later than we normally have them, but that's all right. You know, we're bringing it back, and tonight we're going to be talking about fatherhood beyond belief. So Donald Wright, you know, the author of any, The Only Prayer I'll Ever Pray is Let My People Go, he's going to moderate this panel, and we're going to have some wonderful people on it. We're going to have Fanone Hutchinson. Um, we're also going to have Frank Anderson. We're going to have George Earl, and we're going to have Gary Booker. So we have a nice full panel, four, five gentlemen, you know, that are parents and, you know, with a lot of wisdom, you know, a lot of information, and we wanted to give something back, and, you know, so we're going to let them have their man cast and, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoy themselves and talk about fatherhood beyond belief. So if you get a chance... You know, join us. You can watch it live on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash people of color beyond faith, or is it POC beyond faith? Well, just look up people of color beyond faith. You'll find us. And, you know, you can subscribe to our channel. We have a lot of archives out there. There are more to come. In the month of July, we're going to feature different groups. So the first group that we're featuring next Sunday, Sunday, July the 6th, will be Black Atheists of Philadelphia. So it will be Jen Taylor and a couple of her members, and we're going to talk about their group. And it's more like a getting to know you so people can see, you know, who's out there and the different groups that are available all over the country. So in the month of July, we're going to do a variety of webcasts just so you all can see who's out there and learn about the different groups and see who's around. So, you know, I just thought that was important to do and, you know, just let you guys know how much we do appreciate you. You can always email us, peopleofcolorbeyondfaith at gmail.com. Again, that's peopleofcolorbeyondfaith at gmail.com. If you want to email the Black Free Thinker Show, blackfreethinkers at gmail.com. Again, blackfreethinkers at gmail.com. There is an S at the end, blackfreethinkers at gmail.com. So, you know, you can give us an email. We get emails all the time. I received an email from a gentleman who heard the third part of my series, and he was talking about his group. He has, you know, um, a mainstream group, which is, you know, a white atheist group, and he was saying that not everybody, not all white atheists are like, you know, I had expressed in the show, and so I want people to understand, I'm not saying that all white atheists, it's just a few that we've come into contact with, and, you know, I appreciate him taking time out. And it's not just a few that we've come into contact with, it's, it's, we're mainly talking about uh, the, a, a couple of the major organizations that helm this movement, and some of their leadership, you know? Exactly. That's who we're talking about. Exactly. So I just want to make sure that that's understood. And I could tell, 
I could tell that his letter was heartfelt, and, you know, I appreciate that I haven't had a chance to respond, but, you know, I wanted to respond on air because I just, you know, I appreciate that, and I thank you for taking time out and for thinking of us, and I thank you for listening in because, you know, it's important to me um, that people understand, you know, what we're dealing with and what we're going through. So, yeah, you know. something else to say about that. We're not all like that type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, obviously, you're not all like that. But, you know, I just would like it if sometimes – when white people get upset about when we talk about racism and we talk about discrimination and they pipe up and say, we're not all like that. Well, I don't know. Maybe try demonstrating to other people in the public how not to be like that. Maybe when we're out here talking about racism and we're talking about white supremacy and we're talking about white privilege, perhaps you could, I don't know, Point out to your colleagues, you know what I mean, to your friends and to other organizations that you're not doing that instead of just coming at us because we never say everyone, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of offended yeah. by that, you know what I mean? The the notion right. that we have, someone has to send us a note, you know what I mean, that we're not all like that, okay? But where were you when, you know, um, where are you when people in this community say black Christians are Uncle Tom's or that black Christians are stupid. You know what I mean? Where are you when that happens? You're not there saying they're not all like that. Not everybody's like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just I just I just take a little bit of offense that every time, you know, we say something about certain groups of white people that there has to be someone that pipes up and says, "Oh, we're not all like that." Well, duh. Duh. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's just, oh, so much, you know, that we've had to deal with, and there's so much more that needs to be addressed. But, yes, definitely, you know, we understand that. But why don't you take a stand? So when you do see people saying black Christians are Uncle Tom's, you stand up and you say that. You know, you say that, no, they're not. You know, when you hear people saying that, you know, um, Christians or believers are mentally ill, take a stand and say, no, they're not. When they say that, you know, Christians or believers are, you know, stupid and ignorant, stand up and say, no, they aren't, because that's not true. Right. That is not true. And, you know, it, it, and then these, some of these are the same people that get offended when Christians turn around and call all atheists evil. Right. And, you know, call us devil worshipers and all of that, and that's simply not true. And we just don't believe in God. And if we don't believe in God, we truly don't believe in the devil either. So, you know, we don't believe in any of these entities, you know. And so it's just interesting. But, yeah, stand up, take a stand. You know, like I tell people all the time, find a backbone and stand up, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes it's just easier to just, walk away. In certain cases, it's just easier to cut that person off, walk away, and let people know I'm not associated with that individual because that happens at times. I, you know, I know I've experienced it on at least three or four occasions with people in this community. It was just easier for me to cut ties and walk away hmm. because that's not what represents me, and what they represent I don't approve of. Period. 
Right. And so sometimes it's time to realize that. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, we got that letter. And I wanted to speak, you know, you know, we, have, we can't go forward, you know, and talk about social justice and intersectionality a little bit without tying it into Sakibu's um, article in Washington Post. So all of that is tied in, but Dr. Hutchison wrote a post that was published in the Washington Post. You know, it was an article, and I'm looking for it now. Um, and it was talking about racism in the atheist community. And what she said was true. And there were so many people that got so upset with the fact that she wrote this article. And so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, What's the issue? Racism has a big race problem that no one is talking about. Right. Well, it's true. That's true, yeah. just like the LGBTQ community has a big race problem that nobody is talking about. Right. Go ahead, Raina. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, it's it's like ever since, you know, of course, you know, we elected, you know, President Obama, you know, a lot of people have fallen prey to this notion that race is not is no longer an issue. You know what I mean? And um, and that's just not the case. I mean, you know, the the record rates of incarceration for you know nonviolent drug offenses, the um, you know the school to prison pipeline, you know the you know the economic losses that were you know you know, taken by the black community during the la- during this recession and the um and the housing crisis and and the and the coming housing crisis, you know, based on these, you know, rental back securities. You know what I mean? These things um have a disparate impact on black people, you know? Um Exactly. And and so it's like it's we we're in a country that right now is is in denial about its problems with race, and so that kind of gets transferred into some of these um, smaller communities like the atheist atheist community. Um, but what I think is really interesting about the atheist community is is like um, they don't just you know go based on that, oh, well, we have a black president thing now. You know, they, they have this notion that somehow they're above it because they're atheists, so they must be more intellectual. But, and that's just huh. not true, you know. Um, and, it's just, and it's just sort of the, um, the Eurocentrism and the, um, the sort of um, assumptions that are, that are made about, you know, uh, who's intellectual and, you know, what contributions, you know, deserve merit and all those sorts of things that, you know, demonstrate um, that white supremacy is alive and well, even in the atheist community where people claim to be all Africans, <clears throat> you know? <laughs> right. And it's been interesting, um, to say the least. It's been quite interesting and Oh, okay, so, <clears throat> you know, I had to kind of clear my head for this. I saw I saw that we had a caller, and we're not ignoring you. I just want to get through some of these points. So give me a minute, and we will pick up. Just give me a minute here. 
Um, so basically, you know, we've been having some Twitter chats over on um, people of color beyond faith. And for those who are, you know, curious as to who's been leading the chats the past few weeks, that's been me. Okay, so let's not get it twisted. Discount. You know, even though some people already know, but, you know, just in case, you know, you want to call somebody a social justice warrior, <laughs> that was me. Oh, my goodness. Oh. We're right. going to talk about that, too, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. the foolishness. That's the foolishness. Okay. That's what I was talking about earlier. You know, I was alluding to that. And so, um, basically... You know, yeah, I have a lot of issues um, with the people in this community because there are some people that come over into the secular, atheist, free thought, whatever, community, and they believe that once they cross over from believer to non-believer, that they automatically become an intellectual, not false. Some of them believe that once they become a non-believer, that now that racism goes away. False. Some of them believe that once they become a non-believer, that the homophobia goes away. False. And there's a whole litany of things that I can go through. And so, you know, I was talking at one point, and I said, so what, they get dipped in a, you know, atheist pool of purity? Is that what that is? Because mm-hmm. the way that I see it, I see it as the same thing as people who say that they are now anew. They've been renewed when they were washed by the blood of Jesus and all of their sins have passed away. It's the same shit, y'all. You're bringing a lot of that religiosity into this community. And I know some of you all want me to shut up talking about it, but I can't and I won't because I know what I'm saying. Right. And I know I'm hearing. Now, we got to do something about it. You know, either they've been dipped in an atheist pool of purity or they've been, you know, dumped in the blood of the four high horsemen. You know, I, I don't know what, which is what, but I'll, but I'll tell you what we used to say in church. You went down a dry devil and you came up a wet one. So it's the same goddamn thing. Funny. So I'm just saying, but it's true. It is. You know, no, you know, I'm, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's funny because it is true. And so, you know, we just, you know, want to put a lot of this foolishness to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, you know, there were quite a few people that were upset with Dr. Hutchinson's article in 804. I see you. Give me a minute, honey. I'm going to get to you. Um, a lot of people that were upset with Dr. Rich, Dr. Richardson, Dr. Hutchinson's article, and there were a lot of truth in her article. And, you know, part of it was, you know, she says she doesn't think that they really care about about black atheists and what we're trying to do, and I concur. Now, there are some people who may believe otherwise, and we're perfectly fine about that, whatever. Um, but the thing is, is that we can document you know, what we've been saying, and we have documented it. And it's just, it's really interesting how all of this is coming about, but because of the lack of support that we've gotten from the atheist community at large. Now, you know, let me let me qualify that. You know, there are people that have been, you know, supporting, you know, different groups and what we're doing for the conference that we're having October 11th and 12th 
2014, again, October 11th and 12th of this year. You know, um, some of our sponsors are uh, AAH, African Americans for Humanism, SSA, Secular Student Alliance, CFI, Center for Inquiry, you know, um, LA Progressive. You know, a lot of we have a lot of people out there that are supporting us. And, you know, they're mainstream organizations, and they're absolutely wonderful. We're not talking about them. You know, for the scholarship program, you know, um, Freedom From Religion Foundation, they sponsor the scholarship, you know, FFRF. So, you know, there are people out here that, you know, are supporting us and encouraging us and motivating us to move forward in spite of the obstacles that are in front of us. I'm talking about some of the people I'm still, you know, I know Randy gets tired of me going off about this, but I just, I can't get over it. How the fuck do you try out atheism for a year? How does that work? Is it like a it's not so much. It's not so much that I get tired of you. I just get tired of thinking about it. So. Yeah. 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 Well, that's how that goes. I mean, goes. It's, it's done now, so who cares? Yeah. So, so there you go. But, yeah, you know, it, it's a lot of things that need to be addressed. But if you all get a chance, go out to the Washington Post, and or you can just go to your Google browser and type in atheism has a big race problem, and it will pop up. So Dr. Hutchison did an outstanding job with that article. Um, look at the comments. You know, if you can stomach it, look at the comments. And so... Let's see here. We have this caller that's been waiting for a minute. Let's pull them into the show before we move on. 804, may we ask who's calling? Well, good morning, ladies. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Deborah. How are you? Hi, y'all, this morning. Okay. Good. Deborah is a regular caller. She's one of our regulars, so... We can just keep moving forward because we already know Deborah feels, you know, as passionately about some of these things as we do. Um, Raina. Yes, ma'am. I, I, was a, I was an atheist before the word came up, okay? When it comes okay. right down to it. <laughs> okay, that's all oh, I got to say. I didn't even know I was an atheist. See, and that's the thing. And I- about that. There are people that don't know what to call themselves, and that's why we have to get out of here. We have to define the terminology, and, you know, even with, you know, the social justice activities, you have some people out there that want to mock us because they feel as though we're trying to put a PR spin on atheism. No, social justice and getting out here and helping in a community is something many of us have been doing, especially in communities of color. We really had no choice but to help each other. Right. And and that's how many of us were raised. So just because now we're, you know, secular or atheists or agnostic or, you know, free thought thinkers or what have you, that doesn't go away. See, that's the thing. We don't believe that now that we're free thinkers or now that we're atheists that we no longer have to help people. We don't believe, you know, I got mine, fuck you, now you get yours. No, we don't believe in that. Right. And that's not how that goes. And because there's such a strong libertarian, you know, foundation in this community, and, you know, the majority of what I hear coming from some of these people are the fact that they are selfish hedonists who only care about themselves. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's not me, and it can never be me. 
So, you know, I guess they feel that once you become an atheist, you now are an intellectual, you're now a capitalist, you're now, you know, um, you know, pro-LGBTQ, you're all of these good things, but while you're being all of these good things, you're telling the average person, you're telling you know, the, 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 person, the people that need your help, fuck you, we're over here, we got ours, now you come over here, you get yours too, and that's a lie. Because right. most of the atheist color, most of the groups of color in this community, we have to pull teeth to get any type of contribution from many of these organizations. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the ones that have been faithful. I'm talking about some of the other ones, you know. Uh, but anyway, I'm not even going to go there. But um, we're going to stick, stick with the good news, and then we're going to go into the foolishness. I posted a link about Google giving away free coding instruction to women and minorities. You all get out there, you sign up for that. Sign up for that. It's free. Three months of free coding instruction. So, I mean, even if you know some coding, they have beginning, they have intermediate, they have advanced because I signed up. You know, even though, you know, my hands are crap and they don't work for shit, but, you know, why the hell not? Sign up for free. And so mm-hmm. my thing is, is that, you know, guys go out there, sign up for that, and you just never know how that may change your life. And, you know, um, they're trying to teach 100,000 poor children how to code, too. So, you know, you have all of these people saying that the jobs in this country were sent overseas because we don't have, you know, qualified people here. That's not true. There are plenty of qualified people here. But I also do believe that this is part of, and I know this is part of what we're doing with Black Skeptics Group, is we want to start some programs in which we help children that have been economically and educationally disadvantaged, and not only the children, some of the, you know, the adults as well. And we want to help them glean some skill and help mm. them become, you know, more, a more productive, because they're already productive, but a more productive citizen. And so, you know, this is what we're trying to do. There is a method to the madness, but, you know, it takes giving a damn. And we do. Right. So, you know, sorry, that part of atheism or secularism in which I'm only looking out for me and myself and not caring what anyone else does, no, miss me with that. I I could never be that. I could never do that. Never. Never. So, so did you want to add anything to that, Raina? No, you you were getting ready to ask me something before, but I don't know what it was. Okay, <laughs> and I don't remember. But, no, we're getting ready to go on over to the foolishness. Um, but, again, I just wanted to give a few reminders. Um, <laughs> October 11th and 12th, the conference, the registration is only $40, $25 for students. Um, also, SSA, they're giving away some scholarships for some of the students that want to attend, so you may want to contact your secondary student audience in your area, and, you know, we look forward to meeting you. We just added A.J. Johnson to the itinerary, so A.J. is going to be one of our guests. So A.J. represents the secular. So, guys, you can go out there and check that out, B-E-S-U-C-U-L-A-R.com, com. Go check them out. Um, a wonderful organization, and so we congratulate them. So, and also the webcast tonight, 5 o'clock Central Standard, which is 3 o'clock Pacific, 
6 o'clock Eastern. So join us tonight. You will see the live button on YouTube a little bit later, and I will post those links um, as soon as we get started later on tonight. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to all of that, and this should be a great conversation tonight, Fatherhood Beyond Belief. So, you know, these gentlemen will give you their experience, they'll give you their knowledge, their wisdom, and, you know, it also will be in our archives for you to enjoy at your leisure, along with our other um, episodes that we have out there, and there are many, many more to come. So I just wanted to congratulate Chocolate City Skeptics, um, Black Skeptics Los Angeles, Black Skeptics Chicago, Black Atheists of Philadelphia for getting out there on National HIV Testing Day and, you know, being a part of the solution. And this is what I mean when I say, you know, being a part of the solution. We got out there, we did our part, you know, we encouraged people, we were handing out pamphlets and information, educating people. And that's what it's all about. And, oh, yeah, Chocolate City Skeptics, they will be representing on the 20th of July on the webcast. So they will I just want to say, I just want to send a special thank you to Ayanna Wilford um, because we had a couple events that we were supposed to do, but we had one that was canceled, and Ayanna represented at the one um, that um, some of us were unable to attend. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you for representing us at that one. Thank you, Ayanna. So. Excellent. Excellent. Do you think you can ask her to write a little article about it and send us some pictures if she took them? Yeah, I'll ask her. I'll ask her. Thank you. But we're going to do something else to make up for the event that got canceled. So, you know, that was beyond our control. So, you know. Exactly. And like I said, you know, these events take place year-round, and collectively we will be going back out on December 1st for World AIDS Day. So the video talks about that, and we're still taking, you know, donations. I put the um, link in the chat room, and I'll post it on my wall a little bit later, but we're still taking donations, not only donations, um, you know, financial donations, but we need school supplies, we need soap, we need different things because we're going to be doing some outreach to the homeless community. So, you know, things that we can give them, things that they need, you know, socks, you know, soap, um, you know, toiletries, things that they need. I mean, this is important. These are things that, you know, they have a hard, you know, hard time putting their hands on. They need underwear. You know, they need to not, you know, we want this stuff to be new, please. Um, so. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, Kim. Stop it. Well, come on. I was just, no, just, I'm, just la- I'm just laughing at the fact that you had to say that. That's funny. Oh, jeez. Uh, see, that's why we don't let you out. <laughs> All right, Raina, we're moving on. But, yeah, we're taking contributions. Raina, you don't know how to act, girl. Let to put you on the atheist per list. So, whatever. You're the one that needs to be on the list. <laughs> I am good. I am pure. I am gentle. I am good. What's wrong with you? You just, you just, you just I mean, I mean that should go without saying. But you were like, make them new, please. Yeah, you don't have, you don't have any kind of faith in anybody. <laughs> Girl, I've been doing you know volunteer work pretty much all of my life. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff that you know, 
that, you know, I've come across. You know, I've, um, I've volunteered at the mission before in which we would get clothing donations and we would sort it out and some stuff. We, you know, we had the washers and all of that, and we would wash it. But some of the stuff that would come in, you know, we had people that would send in their personal satisfaction devices, if you will. And I, I, I think it was by mistake. So it was just interesting. You oh, know, wow. Uh, yeah, because it was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay, maybe, maybe they needed a new one, a, a big one. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, funny. Because, oh, my know, gosh. Just speaking speaking of personal satisfaction devices, have you guys seen that hilarious, um, uh, you know, ad that they have out that um, it's about gun control? And um, and it says if, if kids can find it, they'll play with it. And, like, the two kids oh, are playing, yeah. like, swords with, like, um, vibrators. Yeah, I saw it. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was the funny. funniest thing ever. But it's true. Yeah, if, but kids will, if kids find it, they'll play with it, you know? So. Exactly. And the mothers were sitting there looking horrified because I think it was, like, pink and blue or some shit. But um, I don't even it, think it, it was, was that. I think it was when he pressed the button and it started vibrating. I think that's when it really... Yeah. When they re- when they when they really started to look like oh wow <laughs> he was like it was so funny because the kid was like he was like taste my laser <laughs> and that's true that's true because it's just you know kids and seniors. You know, the mission that, you know, I volunteered at, you know, we had a variety of people, but mainly it would be senior citizens in there volunteering and what happened. The senior citizen building was right across the parking lot. So, you know, some of them would come over and, you know, volunteer. And one time this older white guy, you know, he got one of the, you know, personal satisfaction devices out of the bag, and he was holding it up, and he was like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> and so, so he walking around and, you know, trying to show up, and, you know, all of us are running away, and we were like, you can put that in the trash. So it was oh, interesting. I was laughing. Yeah, we laughed. We laughed and we laughed, and it was just, it was hilarious. But, you know, uh-huh. shit like that happened. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, our telephone is 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. And you can press 1 if you want to speak with us. And, again, this is open topics today. So we're going to be talking about a number of things. But I received some wonderful emails from people, and they said they may or may not call in. If you call and you feel like you want to chat, just press 1 and We'll pull you into the conversation. But we're going to let Raina um, start this next section out, which what? is the foolishness. Yes, uh, why, yes. have, why do I have to start off the foolishness? What you trying to say? Well, well, well I can start it out. What, 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 you trying to, what you trying to say, Kim? What you trying to say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Dr. Umar Johnson's quest oh, to create legit camps. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said you were going to, because you wrote a blog on it, along yeah, with Charlie's blog. 
I wrote yeah, two lines and try on to it. Exactly. Yeah. With, with possibly a third one to come. Possibly, so, yeah. right. So that's why I wanted to kind of let you, you know, lead okay. into that. But okay, ahead. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, that have the has the the blissful ignorance not to know who <laughs> Dr. Umar Johnson is. Um, he is a um, I, I, I don't I don't know how to put this without overstating it. He is a YouTube sensation and a national speaker, very popular in very in various Afrocentric circles. Um, he calls himself the Prince of Pan Africanism. Um, he touts himself as an educator and a school psychologist. He actually does, and, and a political scientist. He does, as far as I've been able to ascertain, have a PhD in in uh, psychology. He has a PsyD from PCOM. Um, he has his dissertation is unavailable, and he has no other um, no other articles or scholarly works to his credit. Um, he is a very well known for being a uh, a part of the Afrocentric, you know, sort of group of intellectuals who um talks about the war on black boys. Um you know, this this notion that the schools are designed to destroy black boys um in particular. Um you know, people like Juwanza uh, Kanjufu or whatever his name is and some other people have been um pretty you know, um, pretty popular, I guess, for spreading that notion. Um, but his latest thing is trying to raise five million dollars to acquire St. Paul's College in Lawrenceville, Virginia, where he hopes to start a residential program for uh, starting with boys, but eventually going with girls too, um, for children from K all the way through twelfth grade. Um, He's, um, you know, he's a promoter of, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories, including the conspiracy theory that homosexuality is some kind of plot to depopulate the black race. Um, you know, so if if he believes in that, then you know he naturally believes that Planned Parenthood and uh, birth control and abortion are designed specifically to reduce the black population, which is not true. Um, he also um he also is um against um you know using the use of psychotropics to treat children with ADHD and and other sorts of um mental illnesses um he often spreads a lot of misinformation about um psychotropics and and the diagnosis of mental disorders um though he is on to something when he says that there that um, there are black children that are being pipelined into special ed programs. So he's not actually, you know, um, misleading anyone there. But in any case, um, you know, he wants to fund this school. And he has, you know, very he's given very little information as to how the school will run or what the plan will be. Um, as far as I know, they haven't even designed a curriculum, but there are some clues as to what sort of curriculum that he'll have, you know, in addition to, you know, sort of the basics, you know, English, you know, um, you know, history, mathematics, 
um, and he said science, but I'm very, very skeptical of the sort of science he would teach. Um, I'm very skeptical. I am very skeptical because alongside of these subjects, he says he wants to teach military science. He wants to teach. Um, he wants to teach the spiritual sciences and the astrological sciences. I actually heard him say on one of his um, interviews that he wants to start off every child that comes to his school with an astrological chart so that they will know that what their destiny is. And so that the adults or the leaders at the school will help the child put together a destiny plan, which will supposedly help them get to, you know, the, their destiny per the, you know, astrological chart. Um, yeah, yeah. They're promoting astrology and a whole series of woo. Um, you know, other classes he said um, he would want taught would be like, you know, raw foods and um, natural hair care. I mean, things that are not, you know, horrible, but like when you think about like some of the things that he says about black women, for example, that black women are responsible for making their their male children gay um, see, or... See, 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 that, that see, see, oh man, see, that's what I'm talking about. I was, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, if you, you have something to say, you want to say uh, that. You see, that's what I'm noticing. You know, you got these these guys that are supposed to be, but you, you know, can you see what they, they're, they're following the, the white man's way? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you understand? If they, if they, if they, if they uh, oh. Is white supremacy in blackface? Is white supremacy in blackface? We say it all the time. I don't know how to put it. That's what it is. Yes. Do you know where I would be? Yeah. Can you can you can a woman? Can you see me with twenty children? documentary series that has like very little documentation 
and um, and, <laughs> and and be a relationship expert. You know, you can be, you know, a boxer or you know anything, and be a relationship expert. It's ridiculous, but um, but he, uh, but you know, Umar Johnson, he's unmarried with two kids, but having but having seminars for women about how they need to comport themselves themselves in a relationship with a man in order for it to be successful. Wow. Yeah. And it gets exactly. on my nerves. See, that's that, that I call it falsified ego mm-hmm. that the Bible gave men. There you go. I call it falsified ego because they tell them they're supposed to be on the top. Mm-hmm. But, see, people don't understand physical strength has nothing to do with mental strength. Right. You understand? Nothing at all. Right. You understand? Yeah, you can have a, uh, uh, I got a clip. You got a bigger clip than me. So what? You right. Came from, you came from me. Right. And and see, if they don't get that, I'm going to tell you something. If they don't get that shit straight and know where, when, who a woman is, bye. Right. They gone. I'm serious. They The men, in order to rise up like they're supposed to, they better know who we is. All right now. That's all I got to say. She said, "All right now." Basically, basically, we can't all get there unless we all get there. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there's no, there's no, you know, denying the importance or the or the the strengths that women can bring to the table, and there's no discounting. Oh, okay. That must be someone in her background. But yeah, no. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so like, <laughs> so yeah, so like, these are the sorts of things that Umar Johnson promotes. Um, you know that. Oh, he also likes to talk about how like homosexuality was a um, was a mental disorder um, in the in the diagnostic um, in the diagnostic manual for um, psychology back in like the seventies, and. Um, and he still and he still regards it as a mental illness, despite the fact that it's been removed um, since. Wow. Um, it's it's really it's really really sad. And it's like, and then he touts himself as being scientific and all this other stuff. It's like, but yeah. you're living yeah. in like thirty years in the past, you know, well forty years in the past, you know, in terms of where psychology is today. Um, but again, remember he doesn't have any he doesn't have any papers either. So like you'll find like um him saying a lot of things about psychology, like the number one reason that black that parents, you know, beat their kids is because of low self esteem. Now, I'm not sure that that's not necessarily that that's that that's true and I'm not sure that it's false, but I don't think that you can say those things without, you know, concrete data. You know what I mean? And since he doesn't have any data of his own you know, he should be, you know, um, giving people the citations, but he doesn't even give people the citations, you know. So um, it's it's just really, it's just a whole lot of bull. And so his school, you know, he said he wants to start off with the boys and, um, you know, he wants, he wants them to live there because he says that um, a lot of, children basically don't have their parents to begin with because their parents are working so much. So he wants to give them an environment where they have like a, um, you know, a surrogate family or whatever. But think about how scary the surrogate family is with him at the head. You know what I mean? 
that's really scary. I mean, oh, to be boy. teaching to be teaching that like LGBT people are some kind of aberration or that they have a mental illness or that they're somehow a part of a racist plot to destroy the black community, you know, that excludes a part the part of our community that is L- LGBT, you know, that is same gender loving, you know. Um you know, when when you talk about black women being, you know, either complicit or, you know, you know, generating these sort of aberrations as he calls them, you know what I mean? You're you you're, you're added... oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was just saying you're you're also you're also saying that black women are a part of this plot and you're using mm-hmm. dehumanizing language when it comes to them and single motherhood and you know, all of these things. So it's it's really, really disturbing to think that mm-hmm this man would be creating a school where he would be, you know, basically fostering a bunch of damaged people, you know? And it's all over the, uh, you know, that attitude is all over Facebook, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I I last week put a, a video that I had just found of, um, what's your name? Reverend Phil Valentine. He wrote this book called... Uh, the wounded womb. Oh yeah. You know he got in there saying that women shouldn't even read. Wow. Why yeah. did he say that? Why did he say that? That's that's interesting. I've never heard Man, that. You are, I mean, I can't believe I can't believe you know like I see I like Phil you, uh, uh, Valentine right? Mm-hmm. And the hit is part of him. I know he don't know the whole story. Mm. When I when you know, one of the things that uh, even the Bible or any religion that I have, because I kind of tried to study as much as I could, mm-hmm. and and the thing that got to me, um, the first thing that made me know that something was wrong with it, is when you start putting down women, and I knew this was at a young age. I mean, this I don't know where it came from. Okay, I'm talking about elementary school. Mm-hmm. When you start putting down a woman, I know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't listen to you. And it was something in me that knew who I was. Okay. Now, can I can I ask you though? What? Why did he say that women shouldn't read? Did he did he get? Oh, uh, it's. An, uh, I I read a couple. It's. I put it on here June twenty first. Um, all I got on here was the, I, I wrote something about he he got to be crazy. Do y'all think he's crazy? <laughs> And that's oh, I, and, I, and I then I got the video all the way crazy, so you don't have to ask me that. You I know, think. and then I got the video, and I don't forget exactly what he said. Uh, you know, in the video, but oh, he yeah, said so that men. That he said we had no business reading. That the men were the ones that did the reading. Mm. I remember that part. Okay. And then I blocked everything out of my mind. Yeah, so now is is like Phil Valentine, I think they call him Booker T. Coleman. And he has some other he has some other crazy name where he's got like Hiawatha or something in it. I forget how how that happened. That's that that was interesting. But um, you know, there's a whole bunch of these, you know, pseudo intellectual black men, you know, patriarchal men out here who spout these, you know, hateful ideologies when it comes to, like, you know, women and, you know, LGBT-identified people, um, you know, they're they're very racist. And like, and like, you know, Kim said earlier, it's nothing but white supremacy dipped in blackface, yeah. you know. 
It's this these, scared, it's, just like this scared of. Oh, I know what he was scared of. It's this uh, God is called Cardis Halil from uh, you know back in the back in you talking about ancient times where uh, they had goddesses and gods mm-hmm. and oh, her name was uh, Halil, I believe, something like that. Let me see where it at. No, but basically what it all boils down to is Oh, yeah, but it all boils down to that they want women to know their place and to get their instruction from men, and the women are to be quiet and to do as they're told, which is to have babies and cook and clean. Right, right, and cater to men, yeah. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly, and it's, it's just real interesting. It's a lot of that activity and that belief even in the atheist community, and in particular the black atheist community, it's really strong. And this is why I keep warning that there are a lot of black nationalists in this community in hiding behind atheism because they consider themselves secularists. Right. And so they hide behind atheism, and the atheist community is giving them a platform. And then well, some of these people, they won't declare whether they're atheist or a believer. And they cater Jeremiah to both Kamara. sides. And they <laughs> cater to both sides. And mm-hmm. you, and the thing is, is that I'm like, why aren't you all paying attention? And you know, um, they are putting together, you know, a nice little following. And I really do believe they're going to take those people and break off and go on and do their own thing. That's just my belief. Um, we have a call from. Seven oh four. This is North Carolina. May we ask who's calling? Hi. Good. Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Kim, this is Gary. I spoke with you via email this week. Yes, sir. Thank you for calling. How are you? <laughs> I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Um, thank you so much for getting uh, getting me the information that I requested, and um, you answered back, and I appreciated that. And first of all, I'd just like to say this is such a breath of fresh air. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't even say it enough, and I tried to put it through my emails, but uh, I just thank you all for this platform and what you're trying to do here. It, it's just absolutely it's, um, refreshing, breathtaking, and it's indescribable. So, let oh, me just first you. say this. Okay, <laughs> let me just first say this. Um, we, we as black people, we have to have to stand up to this. We cannot allow these people, whether they are in the pulpit, whether they are in uh, Ivy League schools or whatever, we cannot allow them to bash the community, people in the community, and then come back and think that, you know, you're going to find respite or you're going to find some kind of refuge in the community. I think we have to challenge them. We have to stand up to them and let them know that we are not, we love our people, whoever, whatever they may choose, uh, whatever their lifestyles are, we have to just let them know that we are not going to demagogue, demean, degrade black women, don't care what you may think about them, we are not going to do that. Right. Now, if right. you've got a message of love and you've got a message of hope, inspiration, we will listen to you as far as trying to um, get everyone on the same accord, on the same page, trying to get us organized, then, hey, you know, we could be down for that. But you know what? It's just amazing how 
these are the, have you all noticed that these are the two groups of people that they tend to, these black men especially, tend to come out against? It's gay people and women, black women. Right. They yeah. seem to be the most easiest target that comes on, that people would jump on the bandwagon to abuse, uh, whether yeah. it's physically or verbally. Mm-hmm. Um uh-huh. Uh, but you know what, and, and the funny thing about it, why isn't this man, I'm not going to even give him the handle of doctor. I'm just going to say Umar Johnson because I would not dare give him that title, okay? <laughs> I'm going to say Umar Johnson. Okay. So, But anyway, why isn't he in Chicago uh, leading some kind of uh, mass protest or mass get out of the uh, neighborhood to make the, the people there, the, the young black men there that are killing each other, killing babies, killing black women, mothers. Why isn't he up there doing something about that? And you got the mitigated goal to stand up somewhere and think you're going to tell my nephew or somebody something? No, baby, it's not going to work like that. And that's what I'm saying, y'all. We have to stand up and challenge these people. Yeah. No, agreed, agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's like... You know, it's like not everything that he says is wrong. Like he says, it's like we need institutions that help deal with our issues. I agree with that, but we don't need his institutions. You know what I mean? We need institutions that are going to teach people how to love each other and to help one another. We don't need institutions and work together and and be cooperative. We don't need institutions that are going to teach hate. You know, that's not what we need. And separation and divisiveness. That's right. Yes, and that's what they tend to do. And that's what they tend to do, you all, but we have to be strong. And number one, I'm not gullible, so you can't sell me any kind of bill of goods. I'm not falling for it because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you, and I'm like, okay, I already can just, I'm looking out the corner of my eye eye at you with a stank face like, "Mm mm-hmm. I, I hear you talking, but I know you're a a whooping sheep's clothes. Too funny. (laughs) Yes, agreed. 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 <laughs> and but, see, but, be, but even beyond what he teaches at the school, Umar Johnson doesn't have a charter school. He, he says that he was, he was an assistant principal, but this is what I know. Umar Johnson just got his ID in 2010. He claims to have an ed, um, a degree in education, but we don't know what that is. For all we know, that's a bachelor's in education. You can't be a principal with a bachelor's in education. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're so, right. Right. so yeah. you know, even if he was an assistant, you know, principal somewhere, that wouldn't tell you how to open a school. You know what I mean? So the yeah. the idea that he is the person qualified to open and run this school is, is a joke, even without his ideology. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was another point that I made in my in my piece, and he's asking for five million dollars. Hey, to open up this school, and he wants to run it completely on donations. And, you know, it's not like he has shown the ability to even run a food cart, let alone a 135-acre school, you know? And if he just wanted to teach black kids, and whether they're uh, young girls and young boys, they just wanted to teach to see if they, they get, that they get an education, but why does all that other stuff have to come into play? Why, why right. does that have to be part of it? That's what I don't. That's what I don't like, and I don't get. And that's why I left religion. That's why I left religion, and I don't believe in Jesus Christ and all of that stuff. Now, but I am in the, in the thing of the agnostic kind of arena, and I think right. him. I said this to you in my email. 
that I am yes, here because I want to do more research and get my own understanding as to, sure. you know, whether or not I, uh, you know, this is comfortable for me or do I move any further? And um, and Kim, I think you mentioned something a few moments ago about some of the black atheists, and I pulled them up on YouTube as well. And a lot of them into this pan-African stuff. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, and I'm not trying to knock anyone from anything, but we live in America, and we got to worry about how we deal in America. You know what I'm saying? We got to navigate these waters. So that's my thing about that. And I'm not knocking anything that no one else is doing. I'm just saying that we have to charity stores at home being spirits abroad. And so... I, I think we also have that. to. I I I just want to say this. I think we have to also remember to differentiate the Pan Africanism of, you know, W. E. B. Du Bois. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. you know the Pan Africanism that we see in a lot of these groups. You know, it's the sort yes. of Pan Africanism that likes to. Um, likes to talk about Africa as though it's a monolith that likes to right. boil Africa down to Egypt to, to, to Egypt and Egyptian culture, um, likes mm-hmm. to likes to act as though that there's a, a central African culture or African quality. And we also have but we have to remember with like the the Pan Africanist stance from uh, from W. E. B. Du Bois's perspective is more mm-hmm. of a political stance. You know, recognizing mm-hmm. that we're black people that are affected by the same colonial and imperialist sort of, you know, pressures, but not necessarily saying that we are, like, there's this unitary black race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Because there isn't. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So we have to keep exactly. that in mind. So. Exactly. And, and, you know, you're both right, and I agree, because um, I've been talking about you know, a lot of the black nationalism, you know, that's in this community. And, you know, unfortunately, they're giving it a platform and they're encouraging it. And I don't, you know, and I can't say I don't believe that they know what they're doing because it's the same message. One is in blackface, one is in whiteface. So why would it not agree? And, and, and what, I don't, what I don't understand is for those of us that disagree with that particular platform, when we go and do something else, then people are upset because we start our own groups. People are upset because we're having our own conferences. People, and, but yet they won't sit down and talk with us about what we see and consider as a problem, and yet they won't deal with some of the internal issues that are happening. Do you know that in the in that we have a lot of people in this community saying they have not met a homophobic person in this community, they have not met a racist in this community, and we've given several examples. Right. And they ignore it. They absolutely ignore it. And then they tell us that what we're talking about is mission drift, yet nobody knows what the mission is. So the mission is, you know, again, (laughs) keeping white male, cisgendered, hetero, wealthy, educated white men in power. Mm -hmm. And that's how they want to keep it because it's like the good old boys network. You know, you see the same people speaking all the time. They open up all of these foundations and they go to these exotic places so they can have free vacation. They'll have one business meeting. And then, you know, it's, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous, and then they don't want to give back to the community. And for those that do want to give back to the community, we're mocked, and we're called right. social justice warriors. And, you know, 
it's, it's like, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And this is why I keep saying that the atheist community is going to splinter. It has no choice. It has no mm-hmm. choice but to at this point. But, but may I chime in? This is Gary again, Kim, you all. And I think that we have to understand, too, that the effects of what our people, our ancestors went through, we are seeing it in so many different ways, in a lot of negative ways uh, uh-huh. as to, you know, uh, what, we, what you see today. See, when, um, when they were being uh, terrorized um, back in those days, we don't know what that did to them, and we are dealing with the effect of so much of that now, and we don't even have a clue. We don't even have a clue of the damage psychologically and mentally that was done to us uh, through generations and generations and generations. you got to realize that these people were being terrorized um, to oblivion, and they yeah. all of that, when the, when the mothers and, and, and were, were giving babies, all of that stress and all of that, Somehow right. it had to come down through, uh, through our, uh, through the generations and through, uh, through the birth of the exactly. generations. Um, exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's one so of the reasons. You know, it's believed. It's believed. That's one of the reasons why we have, you know, um, higher rates of, you know, high blood pressure, and a number of other things. I don't believe it's been exactly. fully documented, but they are. But there are studies out there. And hold on a second. I'm going to get to you, Deborah, but I just wanted Raina to kind of talk about that a little bit. I mean, I mean, you pretty much just said it. I mean, there's studies oh. out there about, like, about, you know, depression, about, you know, high blood pressure, about, you know, asthma. You know, there's one study that says that, you know, that racism contributes to respiratory, dis- you know, disease or, or, or respiratory disorder. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things that, you know, racism – can contribute to the stress from it, you know, contributes to. So, I, I also yeah, would just like to say being dominated, you know, you know, being dominated as far as not saying that now that someone is physically doing something to you, but I think it's just the mental aspect of constantly knowing that there's something that makes you feel different than someone else, mm-hmm. or you don't. You don't something in you that makes you feel like you that somebody else looks at you as being other than mm-hmm. they are. So that mm-hmm. means that you got to wear this weight around with you constantly because you know that you don't have that power structure to mm-hmm. do. And I think that's, uh-huh. this is how, and I think that, that we realize, you know, that you you know you realize that you don't have that power structure because of the fact that the laws are not designed to basically help you. Right. Uh, you can't exactly. even realize that. Right. Exactly. And we talk about that all the time. We talk about how, you know, a lot of these public, um, a lot of these policies, you know, have been written to oppress us. You know, we, we've talked about that, and that's why, you know, when I hear certain people giving, you know, talks, if you will, and they try to mm-hmm. pathologize, 
you know, the black community. I get angry because they're not, you know, factoring in, you know, the public policies that are out there, you know, the um, systemic and institutionalized racism that is out there, you know, in the givens, if you will. And and it just it enrages me because, you know, they they are continuing to blame the victim. And there was a poll that was released that said the majority, you know, of Americans believe that the state of the black community is because we're not trying hard enough, that we don't mm-hmm. care, and that it doesn't have anything to do with racism. And that is not true. And when we did a show, um, if you go back, um, I did a show, and it was dealing with um, affirmative action. It was part of a three-part mm-hmm. series. And I was talking about how affirmative action was, you know, really for white people. And then, you know, basically they had to give, you know, give way to black people to a certain extent. But basically how the New Deal hurt the black community. I think I posted an article about that um, this week as well and how those policies, how a lot of blacks thought this was going to help them, but the, the, the power was shifted to the states. And that's why you have these tea partiers and these libertarians talking about states' rights. Because if it's pushed down to the states, the states can administer that, put their people in place, and then they can systematically deny people of color the same benefits that the white people are having. There's a method to madness, and, you know, we've exposed it and we've talked about it. But, you know, um, it's very discouraging. It's very disenchanting because, um, you know, I've talked about what I'm seeing in the atheist community and... You know, the black church, you know, not all of them, but quite a few of them are helping in the community. You know, that's where people can go and get services from LIHEAP to help keep their gas and lights on. You know, it's a federal program, but the church sets up an office. And so the church is paid for that, for using that office space, but it's also providing part-time jobs for people in the neighborhood to, you know, or, you know, members of that church, if you will, to come in and help the people in the neighborhood. You know, they have a food pantry. Some of them have giveaways as far as clothing is concerned. Um, some of them have computer programs that help people build their resumes, allow them to use the Internet to search for jobs, because a lot of people don't realize that in a lot of these inner cities, they're just getting Internet. In some cases, you know, I remember when I was living in the inner, inner part of Chicago, that where I lived, you know, we still had dial-up when everybody else had DSL and cable because they had not laid for lawns in that part of the city, which is why I moved from that part of the city. But it happens, and, and this is happening, you know, in many cities, not just Chicago, but there are a lot of disadvantages. We are behind the ball when it comes to the technology and the innovation. And this is one of the reasons why we're trying to put together some of the programs so that we can try to help people catch up and help people get out here. And, and, and you know, you don't have to have the whole alphabet behind your name to have a successful career. You don't. Trust me, I've seen it happen, and we can help you in some regards. But with a lot of the mainstream atheist community, the way that some of these people think, and, again, you know, many of them are libertarians, they're capitalists. You know, we got some tea partiers over here, too. They went according to, you know, the CPAC convention. But 
you know, those people aren't necessarily looking at things the same way we are. And that's why they don't understand when we tell them. When we, we, when we leave religion, especially those of us that came from very religious families, very religious communities, you know, we're yeah. being shunned. They won't talk to us. They won't have anything to do with us. This is all the family and friends that we've ever known, especially for two, three, four generations deep. You know, our great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather helped to build and establish that church. This is what we know. That is our birthright, and, you know, that's, that's what we're told, and that's what we believe. But when we start questioning and doubting and we walk away, we're, we we lose a lot of that. There are some people that will still, you know, that love you regardless and that will still be there for you, but a lot of the people, they get scared. It's fear-based. They get scared when you walk away. And I kind of understand because the black church really is one of the last vestiges, one of the last bastions in a community that we have built to shield us from white supremacy and to encourage and support one, one another. It's the only exactly. one. It was the only one allowed. It's really? everyone allowed. She right. She right. Yes, ma'am. You right. That's right. And so, you know, when we leave that comfort zone, when we leave that shell, when we leave that, you know, that that you know, that support, that encouragement, when we leave that, and we come out here to the secular community, and we see all this confusion and, you know, the willful ignorance and, you know, the high school games and just the bastardization of, you know, what's supposed to be liberation, that shit is scary. And that's why I keep telling them they're going to cause some non-believers to go back to the church. We know for a fact that there are a lot of non-believers, atheists, agnostic people that go to church because they need the services of that church. And also they like, you know, the social aspect of it. You know, they're able to, you know, volunteer in the community, volunteer at the church. They get to sing in the choir. I'll be the first one to say I have fun at church, singing in the choir, having fun and all of that. It's just when they get to preach and I want to go to sleep or leave. You know, especially when you know many of them are not living what they're preaching. But, you know, it's it's, it's a social club, basically. And it's just it's really interesting because, you know, in this community, when we start black groups, you know, we have black skeptics in Chicago, we have chocolate city skeptics, we have black atheists of the triad, black atheists all over the place. They get angry because we put black in front of our name. And... You know, the whole thing just, you know, really interesting because when we go to their meetings, either we're ignored or we're treated like an enigma or an anomaly. And, you know, they get to asking you all of these ignorant questions. That's why Raina did an FAQ. And, you know, because we get tired of some of the ignorant questions. And it's like, you know, I'm looking at them because there was, you know, this one gentleman did a press conference and this white guy got up and was asking if people like to go to church because they like to dance and all and party, and they can do that at church on Sundays after leaving the club on Saturday. And I just really wanted to put my finger through my monitor on my computer and just tell him to sit down because it's absolutely <laughs> horrific in the way that he said it and the way he did it. You can tell he was mocking. And unfortunately, you have a lot of black atheists in this community that like to mock the black Christian church, and they get upset with people like, you know, Dr. Hutchinson, Raina, myself, and others, in which we will not participate in that foolishness and bullshit. Because, right. you know, there's nothing wrong with those people. 
some of them are more intelligent than the majority of the atheists, black atheists and white atheists that I have come across. Right. And so it's just, it's just it's absolutely horrible, some of the stuff that we're dealing with over here. And this is why I'm very honest on this show, and I tell people this is not a utopia. I've dealt with more racism, more homophobia, more misogyny since I've been in this community than I did when I was, you know, with the Christians. It, it shocked the shit out of me. I thought they were more enlightened over here. It was like a bunch of high schoolers, the high school bullies, or the ones that were bullied in high school. Now they're adults, and now they're trying to bully other people. But, you know, there are a lot of issues, and this is why we're doing our own thing, but yet there are issues with that. You know, we get letters like, you know, who do you think you are to go and do A, B, and C, but it's a lot of white supremacy on this side that we're dealing with. And unfortunately, we're dealing with a lot of black supremacy, which is the same as white supremacy, on this side as well. And the white supremacists are giving the black supremacists a platform, and I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that they out there, man. I mean, it's a, I, you know, I, you know how you make somebody your friend on Facebook, and you just, I would, they, they, you know how they got those pictures up that said black people be like. They need to put up one that says How black people look when you find out Who your friend really is Mm. You know Because sometimes when you Ask somebody you don't see How they be talking about Women you know or talking About their their own black People until Later on you know And I this guy I can't think of his name I can't think Of uh, the 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 in what is that guy's name? I can't think. So the the in fact he got one of those type of names. I think he got a radio uh, station. That man was talking okay. oh so nasty, you know about okay. gay people and and women. You know oh it makes me so mad. Well see, well you know um ma'am this is Gary speaking again. Kimberly you all. Um, and I think what happens is I think a lot of this is really a control factor and uh-huh. if they can and if they can use those mechanisms, you know, to draw you in, then you become their audience. You become their cheerleader. Right. And that's exactly. what a lot of that is. And I think what what we have to do is just realize that you stand within your truth regardless to what it is that they may be saying, and I and I understand that everybody's just talking in general, in, uh, in in generalizing it. But like, I have to stand in my truth, and if I don't agree with you, I'm just not going to agree with you. That's just all it is. Right. Right. And nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say. You can try to browbeat me. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. But if I'm not with it, I'm just not with that. And I agree with you, Kim, and I thank you so much for taking the high road and not going into that of this, uh, uh, these people, you know, maybe trying to coerce or, you know, dominate people into thinking the way they want to, um, you know, to think. So I, I definitely commend you for sticking to your guns on that. Well, thank you very kindly. And, you know, we even talked about that on Twitter chat. Because one of the questions that I put out there, you know, because I was talking about, you know, atheists of color that have started their own groups and associations, and I said, are you afraid that our free thought will not line up with your free thinking indoctrination? 
because there is indoctrination on this side. There is dogma on this side. They try to deny it, but it's there. Um, you know, and Raina, you want to you want to talk about being a social justice warrior? Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. I just get so tired thinking about this foolishness, but there's basically <laughs> a lot of 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 white atheists, in particular white male atheists, who are really resentful of um, people on this side who are interested in social justice work, who talk about things like feminism or LGBT rights or, you know, um, racial inequality, um, and they resent it. And um, and one of those uh, one of the more recent inc- incidents um, was Richard Dawkins was on Twitter, and Richard Dawkins said that um, you know if he had to pick like you know four people to represent uh, culture or or to represent the intellect or what have you of planet Earth or whatever, um, I think he was supposed to pick like a scientist, uh, an artist and uh, some something else, right? But basically he ended up picking... Sorry, go ahead, Kim. No, no, I just said a musician. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, an artist, a musician, a scientist, and something else. But in any case, he ended up picking four white men. Um, I think he picked, like, Shakespeare and, um, you know, Einstein, um, among others. And, you know, some people... Um, you know, someone basically pointed out, you know, so what are you basically trying to say, that white men are the best at everything? Um, and, you know, and it's kind of, um, you know, it just shows sort of the general cluelessness of of white people, you know, to the accomplishments of people who don't look like them. You know, right. um, we, live in, we live in a country, we live in a country where, you know, a lot of people are trying to get rid of ethnic studies, and they're trying to um, change the way that we teach, you know, about slavery and, you know, the civil rights movement. And they're trying to call it the triangular trade now and, you know, trying to de-emphasize, you know. Yeah, the, it was a work um, program. I'm sorry? It was like a work program. I said it was a work program like Job Corps. That's what it was. I don't think they've gone that far, but <laughs> but in any case... Um, you know, they they certainly have tried to diminish the, um, you know, the atrocities and, and some of the um, the injustices that have happened in the past. And, um, and as we all know, they don't really generally teach a whole lot about, um, about, you know, black artists or black and, you know, black intellectuals or, you know, Hispanic intellectuals or Hispanic activists or artists. Mm-hmm. you know, in this country. And so generally what most of us are left with is a, a very Eurocentric picture of, you know, the sciences, of, you know, history, of art, you know, particularly art, I think. I think we're pretty much left with a very Eurocentric picture of what great art looks like. Um, you know, this over here. Oh, this is, go ahead. Sorry. Raina? Raina? Yes. Because you're supposed to remember, you're supposed to be worshiping a Eurocentric Jesus and God. Well, <laughs> that's right. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, the point is, is that that's this white supremacy <laughs> in action, and and so a lot of people, um, you know, but see, they don't they don't see it that way. They they they've become accustomed to it because white privilege, you know, says, well, you know, you know, the, if if you know these people were important, 
you know, we talk about them. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, you're talking about them because you want these people to be important. And you want these other people not to be important. You want these people to be invisible. You want them to be, you know, marginalized. Right. On purpose. Exactly. So, I mean. No, I was going to say, and that's also shown in this community. He's a part of secular.org, you know, SCA. And that's what basically, I was ready to go to. That's fine. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead, honey. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 go no, no, no. No, go ahead, Kim. No, go ahead. Mm-mm. No, and I was just saying that it, it was a really white, you know, board um, organization. And, you know, <laughs> what's interesting is two weeks ago I was during t- Twitter chat, I was talking about, you know, you know, how, you know, how are you global? because they call themselves the global, you know, foundation. How are you global with no color? And mm-hmm. so they've added a couple wow. of people of color. Yeah, you know, they added a couple of people of color to their board, except, you know, we'll see, you know, what comes of that, you know, because it's like were they added because you want to affect real change or were they added just as bookends? But they weren't added to the to the to the um to that council with the science aspect to it. They were added to no. the the SCA board. They weren't added to that project. No, yeah, that's what I said. They were added to the board. So yeah, you they know, weren't my, added my... to that particular project. So even still there's still very yeah. little representation, you know. But um but yeah, um it's just it's just uh, it's just interesting because in this community it, it you know there's a lot of people are are very invested in meritocracy but they forget to you know they they forget about what goes into that you know um take take any of the elite you know Ivy League colleges in the United States none of these would exist without slavery exactly. even 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 with um even some of them even own slaves some of the universities even own slaves you know what yeah. i mean but there but the point is is that none of them would exist without slavery and none of and none of these um and a lot of these institutions purposefully kept white uh, black people and other people and women you know for years out of the institutions you know it was written into their rules you know yes. there was a there was there was um i don't know if you guys know about this but there was a a black student that basically sued and and successfully won entrance into uh, Mississippi University for law. And he never made it. He disappeared. He was likely killed, you know? Yeah. But but violence was even employed to keep us from higher education, you know? Part of the terrorizing. Right. So this notion, this notion of, you know, um, of meritocracy is skewed. I mean, a lot when you look at most of the, um, what most of these you know white people who you know ascend you know to PhDs and you know the ivory tower and what have you, they come from people who have their PhDs and you know higher degrees, and the only reason that and and part of the reason why that is is because there were other people who were systemically excluded. From these uh-huh. higher institutions, so you know exactly. they they never want to acknowledge that they never want to um, 
you know, and that the reason that there's so few, that there may be so few over here is because th- this sort of exclusion continues, you know, to this day. Exactly. And, and even when it's not done at sort of the, um, you know, the, uh, the gate, you know, like with admissions or what have you, it's done in other ways. Um, there, there's an article that came out recently about the experience of black people who have tried to seek their, their PhD. And I, you know, I can tell you there are difficulties and I know several stories of individuals who um, were made to feel like outsiders in their program who were, you know, basically told in not so many words that they weren't really welcome there, that they would never graduate, you know? So, I mean, these sorts of things happen to this day in some of the higher institutions, you know, that we, often revere. So we have to recognize that, you know, racism and discrimination are still at play. So. Exactly. Wow. And that's why I tell people, pay attention to how they're treating President Obama. The way that they're treating President Obama is the way many of us are treated in corporate America and academia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a, it's a wow. mirror. Just pay attention. And, you know, I used to tell people that, and, you know, because I remember having a conversation with, you know, a friend, and she was saying that when President Obama was elected, that all of this racism would go away. And I sat there stunned. And I said, you really believe that? And she was like, well, yeah, but let me go home and check with my husband first. And so then the next week when I saw her, she was like, well, a lot of the racism will go away. I guess he corrected her. And I said, no. I said, it's going to get worse. And she was like, no, no, it's not. I haven't seen her in a while. I think I may stop by just so I can see and she will admit that I was right. It has gotten worse. And I'm like, because now... You know, and what gets me in this particular community, we'll have people say, well, we got a black president. There is no such thing as institutionalized racism. You know, get over it. Move on. And But yet no one wants to forget about 9-11. No one wants to forget about, you know, Pearl Harbor. Nobody wants to forget about, you know, Auschwitz and, you know, what happened over there. But they want mm-hmm. us to forget about slavery. And that's mm-hmm. not how that works. And, and not even just so, slavery. I mean, they want us to forget about Tulsa. They want us to forget about Rosewood. They want us to forget exactly. about, you know, all of these, you know, race riots, you know, where we were, you know, lynched and targeted, exactly. you know. Yeah. They out want us sight, to forget about all of that. Exactly. You know, and, you know, our land was stolen then during the race riots, you know, because I had Chris Everett who directed Wilmington on Fire, and I had talked about the movie beforehand, and that's when someone put me in touch with them. And, you know, I was like, we can do it again. We have the intelligence to rebuild our own community. The problem is how do we keep it? Because, see, nobody is talking about what happened with this mortgage bubble, this mortgage burst that we just experienced, how a lot of black and Latino wealth was wiped out and nobody went to jail and how a lot of these corporations are now landlords because they bought all of that property for cheap, and now we've gone back into a society in which people have to rent and people can't afford the rents because they're jacking the rents up. But, again, it goes yeah. back to nobody is talking about the people that were affected. You know, they and say that just, the economy. I was going to say, not, not only are they jacking the rents up, but they're also pushing people out. They're doing things exactly. like not repairing you know, not repairing, you know, issues in the in the units and making the places un, right. un, un, unlivable, you know, so that they right. can basically drive 
who's there out so that they can jack the prices right. up. Because some of these people exactly. have rent control departments. You know. Right. So the, so exactly. they can't they can't they can't jack up the rent, but what they can do is make those those situations unlivable. So they have no choice but to move. Exactly, and a lot of that property is valuable because it's close to downtown, to the downtown areas. See, you know, if you look at a lot of these major cities, if you go out into the immediate suburbs, they're enclaves of white people and white homes. That was done on purpose, and this was during a time when they were giving out the HUD loans, when they were, the VA loans and all of that, which only are very minute. And when I say minute, I'm talking about 1% or less were given to people of color. The rest of it was given to, you know, white veterans and white people. And we've talked about the red line, but all of that was done on purpose. But what has happened is these cities have become so congested and we have not invested enough money in the infrastructure in this in this country, so that's why you're on a highway an hour to one way to go to work. And a lot of the white people don't want to do that. Many of them, you know, they they you know they will catch public transportation, but at a certain point, that gets expensive. So they want to move back into the cities in which they can catch one bus or one train to work. So what they've done is they've jacked up the property taxes in the city. There are people that have been owning their homes outright for a number of years, but now they can't afford the property taxes. So they either lose the property or they're forced to sell, and then they move out to the suburbs. And when they move out into these outlying areas, all of a sudden now, you know, the public transportation has a deficit, so they have to cut services. And, I mean, it's just, you know, I just want people to pay attention to what's happening. But, anyway, getting back to my original point, we can rebuild this wealth that, you know, we know how to do it, However, how do we protect it? Because they always come back and take it back, and then we have to start over, and that's why I'm looking, and I'm like, when are we going to stand up and demand better? This is why I'm saying we have to put our marching boots back on because, you know, it's time. You know, it's time for, you know, another phase of, you know, civil rights movement. It's just it's time. It is time. And that is the reason why I'm going to do a three-part series. Go ahead, baby. Okay. All right. Well, to answer that real quick, and then I want to make another point, um, you first got to deprogram yourself from religion. That's first of all. Exactly. And secondly, (laughs) secondly, I mean the masses of black people. That's what I'm trying to say. Secondly, Mm -hmm. I want to Mm -hmm. to know, um, do you all, uh, have you all heard recently in the news about the young black men that, uh, warned the judgment, financial judgment. Uh, they were called the Central Park Five or something in New York, right. Right. and they warned yeah, the they judgment of forty million dollars. They didn't win enough money. They didn't win enough money. It was only forty million. They should have won four hundred million for what they put them through. But go ahead. That's right. That's right. I agree. But now here's the twist in this. Let me tell you, Donald Trump came out and said some, uh, made some real vicious statements in reference to this. Now, I want to see how many black folks, actors, going to be on um, The Apprentice coming this season, how many black folks going to turn their TV and look at him. See, this is what I'm saying. we got to stop co-signing our abuse. we got to yes. stop co-signing and allowing these people to just do anything to us and we not stand up and say something. I would never watch 
which I never was a fan of Donald Trump, number one. Number two, I never watched Celebrity Apprentice, and I don't plan on watching it. I don't care who they have on there. But this is what I'm saying is, you're macaroning me on one side, then you're cheesing me on another. So these black (laughs) boys that look like, may look like... (laughs) (laughs) These black boys, these black men that look like black members of our family, everybody on this phone, our family, and you're going to have the mitigated gods to stand up and say that, you know, the things that he said, I don't want to, you know, say what he said, but I know it was something negative because I heard them talking about it in the news. So my thing is then, but you want black people that look like the black people you're talking about because they won the award, the financial award, them to be on your apprentice show, and you want them to watch your show? Do do y'all see what I'm saying, the dynamic of it is? How yes. the abuse feels, how it how it, it just continues the the abuse mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we call it Stockholm syndrome, and you know we see a lot of that. And not only was Donald Trump, you know, making the racist negative um, comments about the Central Park Five, he is one of the ones leading the charge against President Obama. You know about the birth certificate and about his, you know, his transcripts. And all of that, and, you know, it's just that when President Obama was elected, basically it gave, you know, some people, you know, um, free reign in their minds to, you know, back there and say and do whatever. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been, how can I say, it's been eye-opening. And all I have to say is that, you know, the people of color that have not been paying attention, I don't know what rock you've been under, but open your eyes. <laughs> See what's happening here, and you know, um, you know, we we have to stand up. And the number one way to get somebody's attention is to hit them in a pocketbook. So don't watch the shows, don't buy those products, don't do it. We're going to have to do one of those get off the bus campaigns again. Stop using public transportation until they, you know, start giving jobs to people, you know, um, that look like you. And, you know, in your community, one thing I will say is in a couple of major cities, they started some some job training programs for people that are coming out of prison and it's part of, you know, a recidivism program to keep them out of jail. And, you know, a lot of these corporations, they, you know, they utilize, you know, jail people that are in jail prison workers for their services, you know, the jail and the state, you know, and some of them are private prisons, so that's why I say the jail, and some of them are state-owned, but, they're the ones reaping the benefits from these corporations, but yet these same corporations will not hire the same people that they've trained and utilized when they get out of jail. And something needs to be done about that as well. But it's a lot of things that we need to address in our community. But, no, you're right. You know, you hit them in the pocket, but you hit where it hurts most because at the end of the day, the only thing that most people see and understand is green. And I'm not going to co-sign your hatred for me. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. No. Exactly. Right, and that doesn't, exactly. and that means I'm not co-signing your hatred if you're white, and I ain't co-signing your hatred if you're black. So that's true. You're there absolutely you go. right, Karina. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we have to ask ourselves coming up in this November: Are we going to allow these people to um, to uh, impeach this this president? Are black people really need to, to stand in the mirror? And look at yourself and ask yourself in your own solitude, are we going to stand by 
and let these people impeach this man coming this this uh this this year. We have to get out exactly. and vote like we have never voted before. Exactly. And that's what they're aiming to do, you all. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad you said something because, you know, I always talk about the midterm elections being extremely important, and that's how they lost control of both houses, well, you know, the Congress and the House in, in mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, the Senate and the House and Congress, you know, last time, mm-hmm. which is why they're able to obstruct, you know, any of the policies that the president is trying to get pushed through. And it's extremely important that we get out here and we, and we vote during this midterm election. And I've been talking about it since the beginning of the year because, again, a lot of people don't realize that all politics really is local. And while they were sleeping, the, you know, the Republicans and the Tea Partiers have been able to take control of governorships. They've been able to take control of state legislatures. And it is, it's, it's important for people to understand that because that's where policy is made that affects you directly the most. And so... And then with, with some of the policies that they've changed, they've made it harder to register to vote. I had a hard yeah. time register, you know, because I'm like, here's my birth certificate, here's my, um, you know, my Social Security card. Well, we need 12 pieces of mail and blah, blah, blah. So you go home, you get a couple of pieces of mail. Well, what we need really is your electric bill, your gas bill. We need your lease and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? And I mean, they're making it extremely difficult. And that's why we've been telling people since the beginning of the year, find out what's required in your state. Pass the word around. You know, you can tell, talk about what Ray Ray and Pookie are doing, but you're not telling people what they need to get in order to get registered to vote. And, you know, and also it, we need to start doing more voter registration. You know, one of the, you know, the services that were done was, you know, when they took down ACORN and they elevated Citizens United. People need to pay attention. But get registered to vote. And you have a lot of people in this community saying, well, your vote doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, you know, by you not voting, you're surrendering. You're surrendering your agency. And I feel that those people that didn't have vote and that surrender, you don't have a right to complain about jack shit. That's right. That's right. That's right. Got that right. You know, so I just sit back and I'm just looking at it. But we have to do better. We have to do better. And, you know, again, with this secular atheist community, it's a direct mirror of society, you know, as a whole. So, again, you'll have, you know, people saying that, well, we got a black president. What more do you people want? Or they'll start quoting Morgan Freeman to me. If you stop talking about racism, then it'll go away. It's not quite that simple. It's not that simple at all. And so, you know, that's why I'm sitting there. Sometimes when they answer and give some of these most ignorant answers, I sit there and I'm absolutely stunned, not because I don't have an answer to you know, to, to reply with, it's just that I can't mm-hmm. believe you're that stupid. Maybe Morgan Freeman. I don't call stupid. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Morgan Freeman thinks that racism will disappear uh, through the wormhole. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said that, man. I know. I mean, you know, because I I got this uh, thing that he said. You know, he thinks he he really thinks people are assholes. For being homophobic, you know, and I, yeah, I'm I mean, you know, that he, he, no, he, no, you're right. You know, I mean, homophobia 
you know, it's like it's, it's, it's like a cancer, and it needs to be cut out, and you need to get to the root of it and cut it well, out. And you The know, problem is the root of it is, is sexism. That's what the root of mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah, the yeah. root of it is is that is that we we don't like women because women exactly. are weak, and so we 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 assign these weak characteristics, particularly to same gender loving men. You know what right. I mean? But mm-hmm. that, that's why we don't that's why we don't like gay people. That's why we don't like lesbians. That's why we don't like transgenders. You know, it's because of our hatred of women. That's where all of that comes from. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, right? Right. Okay. And when she says yeah. she's yeah. talking about the ones that are out here that you know are vocal and adamant about their hatred for women and LGBTQ. No, I don't and, mean just those but, people. I'm talking about in general. I think even in this culture, oh, yeah. I think this culture yeah. is, is is a patriarchal culture. You don't have to be yeah. you don't have to be a vocal misogynist to hate women. You know what I mean? Right. It's evident. It's evident in your language. It's evident in how you deal with women. It's evident when you tell a woman that she's irrational or that she's just angry when she expresses her opinion. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's mm-hmm. evident when you. It's evident when you. Um, when you try to, um, you know, when you when you don't regard a woman as competent because in her position, you know, or you think that maybe she must have used her body to get to get to the top. You know, or her sexuality yeah. to get mm-hmm. to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's evident you know, in a lot of the ways in which we deal with women on a daily basis. You know, exactly. And it's unfortunate because there are a couple of women in this community that are doing that same thing, trying to use their body to get ahead. But I'm not going to deal with that today. But um, you know, what I will say is um, a lot. Of, uh, damn it! And so. Because uh, <laughs> I got stuck on that and got stuck on that in my head. But, um, you know, in this community, you know, there's a lot that needs to be talked about. There are a lot of things that need to be worked out. What I was going to say was important. Damn it, I, I hate when I do that. But, I do that um, oh, oh, I remember. Now, there are a lot, you know, what I'm starting to see more and more in this atheist secular community, I'm starting to see more men sign on with MRAs, you know, men's rights activists. And I'm right. starting to notice more and more of that, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on, and what have we gotten ourselves mixed up with? And, and it's just it's interesting because I sit back and I watch, you know, and I watch these things. And so there were a couple of people I was actually really surprised, you know, especially one person that I know that, you know, that don't like women at all. So why, you know, it's it's just, it's absolutely amazing. You know, he don't like men either. He likes animals. But that's a whole different story. Oh, my God. Well, that, well hey, look, I mean, let, let's also, let's also put to rest this notion that if you're, if you're gay, if you're a gay man, you can't be a sexist. You know what I mean? We know, we know that within the, within the, you know, gay and lesbian circles that there's sexism. You know what I mean? Exactly. So we also have to put that notion to bed too. But the MRAs, I think, are becoming are becoming popular because mainly because a lot of white men, you know, are scared. You know that they're that you know that you know people of color and you know other and you know gay groups and other groups are 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 achieving rights. You know what I mean? 
in this country, mm-hmm. and and they know that in the past their rights have been predicated on denying these rights, these fundamental rights, to other groups. So they're scared about what this means for their for their political futures and for their economic futures, and um, you know, I mean, and that's why they get involved with these MRA movements, you know. They have to they have to establish the order. Remember, remember the the notion of there's this notion of law and order, but order generally refers to racial order, to to racial and and and, and patriarchal order. You know, m- women stay at home, men men work, and you know, blacks and others know their place. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's about a ruling class and a ruling right. class that establishes you know, patriarchal, hierarchical, you know, religious bullshit system. And they right. want things to remain the same. They want to enforce the status quo, which is what right. we're seeing in this community as well as the LGBTQ community. I mean, I think I, we're going to do a webcast talking about racism in the LGBTQ community. I also want to do a show talking about um, male, white male privilege as well as, you know, just male privilege in general in the LGBTQ community because um, we've seen several examples of that, but also in the atheist community as well. You know, we talk about what's happening over here, and there's so many topics that we can cover, but, um, yeah, you know, what's happening in the in the world, and in particular in Western culture, you know, the same thing is being emulated on this side. So, again, we don't want to paint a false, picture or give a false premise as to what we're dealing with over here, but it's, it's just absolutely amazing, and this is why you see people, the same people over and over, and, you know, they promote the same people over and over, and they'll let one or two new folks in, but what I find interesting is some of the, you know, atheists of color that they are endorsing and promoting, I don't know what y'all are thinking, but if you think that they can control us and tell us what to do, you already saw what happened with your open letter. So you need to think twice. Mm-hmm. So that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And on that note, uh, I think we're getting ready to close it out. We're All down right. to our last few minutes. I would like to thank Deborah and Gary for joining us today. And you all, you know, mm-hmm. Deborah calls all the time. Gary, you're welcome to call at any time. You know, you're welcome to email us. Um, you know, we appreciate it, and we want to encourage you. And, you know, um, yeah. I put a lot of stuff on Tumblr and Twitter that you can learn mm-hmm. from. So, you know, just look up the hashtag Black Freethinkers on Twitter. And, cause, I mean, I know you're not okay. big on social media, but you can create an account and not talk to anybody. And you can go and look at the hashtag and get some of the links that we have out there so that you can okay. start reading and learning more. So I would encourage you and anyone else who's listening for that. We thank you all for supporting us. And, again, we it, it's our honor and our privilege. And I thank Raina for joining me today. But it is our honor and privilege to serve you and to support you. And check and my blog you, out, guys. Sorry. Yeah, Roads to Reality, roadstoreality.wordpress.com. And mm-hmm. so, you know, okay, you'll find, bro. you know, a lot of what she has out there. And so, again, you know, last Friday was National HIV Testing Day. Know your status. Know, mm-hmm. know, know your truth. 
know your truth, own your truth. And, you know, you can get free anonymous testing year-round. We will be back out in force on December 1st for World AIDS Day. But in between, we're going to be doing a, um, a homeless help the campaign. We're going to do a back-to-school campaign and a number of other things because we've been waiting for people to do it, and they're not doing it. So it's time for us to walk the walk, and that's what we're doing, and we're hoping that you will join with us. We're taking donations, not only financial donations, but we're also, you know, asking people to send in school supplies so that we can give it to these babies, um, those that are professionals, if you can provide discounted haircuts or hairstyle to help these babies go back some clothes for the kids so they can go back to school with a little something. So, and then also we'll be giving some supplies to the teachers as well so that when the kids run out, they'll have some supplies, and the teachers won't always be going in their pockets to help these young people. It's time to give back. You know, it's not about you. It's, you know, it's always been about others, at least in my world, and especially those of you that have crossed over from believer to non-believer. You still are your brother's keeper. And so let's be a part of the solution. And, you know, again, that's me, that's Kim, and thanks for being a part of Black Freethinkers. And we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. You all have a beautiful weekend. What's left of it? Take care, everybody. You too. Nice being you, Gary. All right. Nice talking to everyone, okay? Okay. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye-bye.